What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Gerald Valley here, and thank you very much for tuning in to this week's episode of The Drop-In. You know, this holiday season's been a little crazy. I'm sure it's been crazy for you. Wherever you are in the world, it is a different vibe this year, and hopefully you're finding some happiness, some kind of solace, and some kind of unity as these holidays continue to grow. You know, Christmas is a cool time. Uh, today, I heard a bunch of Christmas music rock, and it just put a smile on my face. Some of the old classics. It's, it's just a, it's a cool time to uh, do cool stuff. So hopefully you're enjoying it. You know, this whole, uh, the last eight months, especially here in uh, Michigan, has been crazy. And hopefully we're getting to where we can get out of it a little bit and get back to a little bit of normalcy. So I, I try to bring you uh, some inspiring messages through the drop-in every week. And just to give you a half hour, an hour to escape that reality, whatever it is, wherever you're at. And I'll try to do that today as we move forward with this episode of The Drop-In. We're having some technical difficulties, but I'm trying to hook up with my buddy Russell Laginus from The Brotherhood Recovery. He's in Washington State. They're working on it right now, so hopefully Russ can get dialed in and log in and we can talk to him a little bit about his life and how he got to where he got to and what he's doing now. He's doing some amazing things. So as I continue to run my trap, make sure to check out the Brotherhood Recovery on Instagram and through Facebook and check out what he's doing because not only is he helping people with recovery, but he's also doing a bunch of cool stuff with the homeless and just uh, just a rad dude. So hopefully we can figure out how to get get him connected but this last this last month has been crazy if you've been paying attention to the show I, I, I've been here a week then I'm off a couple of weeks and here a week off a couple of weeks I've had this hip issue for about 10 years now 10 years they've been telling me your goaltending career your active lifestyle have wreaked havoc on your hips and over the last couple three four months it's even longer than that, actually. I didn't realize how bad it really was. And I finally asked my doctor to take a look. He opened the conversation. Now, uh, the original appointment was for him to take a look at the plate in my leg, make sure everything's cool there. He said, looks great. Looks great, Gerald. You're good. And I said, okay, well, uh, I'm having this and this happen. Can you take a look at my hips? So he took a couple of x-rays. We made a follow-up appointment. He opened the conversation with a fake hip. This is what a fake hip looks like, Mr. Valley. I'm like, that's the opener? Like, that's how you're going to open this? And he said, yeah, basically, you have all this stuff wrong with both hips. I don't even know how you're functioning. You need new hips now. And I'm like, how do we prolong this? And... You've probably heard people get injections of cortisone either in their shoulders, their knees, their hips. He said, we can put one in one hip. Two weeks later, we can put another shot in the other hip. It'll be a cortisone and a numbing agent. And the possibilities of success are between two months and six months. It should work for two to six months. I can do that maybe two, three times at the most. And then we'll go from there. And so I got the first shot, what, four weeks ago, I think. And within three days, incredible results. Two weeks later, I got the shot in the other hip. 
incredible results. My friends are like, we haven't seen you skate like that 15, 20 years. So it's doing good stuff. I'm doing some things privately. And as I continue to make progress there, I'll talk about it here on the drop-in. I'm doing some things with my meditation, with my diet, with some different things, following a gentleman named Joe Dispenza. I also like a guy named Greg Braden. So I'm checking out some of the miraculous things they have done. And I got a year. I just want to buy myself a year of, of functionality, and after a year, we'll take another look and see what's going on with the hip bones and make some decisions from there. But, you know, I'll try to keep you guys updated as the progress happens. I'm sure you'll see, if you follow me on uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff, you see I, I've been skating. I'm skating like a child. It is amazing. And, and the scene, the skateboard scene here in southeastern Michigan continues to grow. I mean, it is, it is such a rad time to be a skateboarder, especially here in Michigan. I mean, some of the guys who are getting older are enjoying it that much more. We're having fun. We rented out the park uh, about a week ago, and it was just 20 of us. And the smiles could have been seen from space. We were having so much fun laughing and, and just skating and ripping and, and dude brought pizzas and we, we just had so much raw fun and it was great and there's going to be more of that. It continues to grow and I, it, it, is, it is my honor to be a part of the skateboard community uh, here in Michigan because the people are great. And I'm sure it's this way in many other parts of the country. I don't get a chance to travel as much as I used to, but I'm sure there is this same kind of vibe in many other parts of the country. Because if you grew up with skateboarding, uh, you, especially uh, the age that I'm at, you know, in, in the 80s, it wasn't easy to find. Backyard ramps, you had to search out vans, you had to search out punk rock. It was a different kind of thing. And then the 90s, you know, it started getting a little bigger and X Games came in and the Vans Warped Tour thing. And then the 2000s, Tony Hawk and Bam Margera became, you know, household names and, and it's continued to grow from there. And it's pretty readily accepted nowadays in, in uh, so many states, especially here in Michigan. We have, I mean, 10, 15 brand new skate parks in the last couple of years, thanks to the Tony Hawk Foundation. People like Trevor Staples, who has been here in the NRM studios with me from the Tony Hawk Foundation. You know, they're doing amazing things, especially Trevor. He's uh, through the Ralph uh, C. Wilson Jr. Foundation. They're doing some stuff in New York, here in southeastern Michigan, that's just changing the landscape for any extreme sports enthusiast. And it's rad for me because uh, now all of a sudden these amazing parks are popping up and every year there's new terrain to skate and that's like the fountain of youth for so many people that it's it's more of an opportunity and the younger generation coming up they have much more of an opportunity than I ever had to start start small and work their way up the food chain a guy was asking me the other day we we're at the skate park and and the ramp here the local vert ramps a 13 foot ramp and then the next step down is seven, seven foot. So about half the size. And then you can step down to six, five, four. And I'm talking about half pipes and quarter pipes, you know, U-shaped ramps or just a quarter pipe that people can learn to go up and kick, turn around, make their turns, maybe get a couple grinds in, eventually learn how to drop in. And this young gentleman was saying, you know, he, how scary the 13-foot ramp was to drop in on. And dropping in, if you're not familiar with skateboard terminology, it's when you put your skateboard off the top of the ramp, 
like so, and you just lean into it. And, and it's, there's nothing I can compare it to. Uh, the first time anybody drops in, I, I cannot like say, try this. It'll feel sort of like what dropping in feels like. I, you can't do that. It's like trying to have somebody read a book on how to swim and, and learn it from reading a book. You can't do it. You got to get in the water. And that's the way dropping in is. And this gentleman and I were talking. He said, you know, this is scary. I think I'm going to go, you know, work my way up. And he said, how was it for you when you first learned how to drop in? Well, the first ramp I ever learned how to drop in was 9, 10 foot high. We didn't have many ramps. And I, I had about a foot of vert on it. A foot up the top of the ramp was straight up and down. That's what I had to learn on. And the older guys, I mean, they basically were just like, you know, you either drop in or throwing off, throwing you off the back of the ramp. And people always crack up because the ramp was about two miles from my house. And I had to skate home after whatever we were doing, you know, and, and learning how to drop in was a battle. I mean, I, I was battling and I was, I, I was dead set. I had to learn how to do this. But I'd never seen anybody do it. Skateboard videos weren't readily available. We didn't have YouTube and all that kind of stuff. So I'd never seen anybody actually drop in. And I'd go limping home for about two months. Come in the door and my mom would be like, did you make it today? And I'm like, no, not today, mom. Okay, get ready for hockey, honey. Like that was how it was. And eventually I made it. And it's like learning how to walk. And, and today, in, in, in exactly where I'm at, the first time I ever I see anybody drop in, uh, when they drop in for the very first time to see the exhilaration on their face, the excitement, and in any skateboarder within eyeballs, uh, like viewing, it, it will feel the same way. We are all there at one time. And when you see somebody do that, no matter if they're 5, 10, 20, 40, it doesn't matter how old they are. When they drop in for the first time on a three-foot ramp, on a five-foot ramp, on a seven-foot high ramp, there is something that everybody there gets that vibe. I have goosebumps on my whole body just talking to you about it because it is really like a, a person's first step especially in the skateboard world. It is like a baby taking its first step. Once you learn how to drop in, I mean, a whole new world opens up. A whole new world. But explaining to somebody how to do it, what it feels like all that, without them actually doing it, it's impossible. Impossible to do. So, um, you know, i sorry to get off on a little bit of a tangent, but what started this is the parks going up around the metro Detroit area are, are going to help so many people progress, be drawn to the extreme sports world, and hopefully see it continue to grow. And I, I don't care if you're a BMXer, rollerblader, uh, it doesn't matter. Skateboarder, the scooters I'm not a huge fan of, but hopefully those kids riding the scooters will grow up and either buy a, a BMX bike or, or start riding a skateboard. It's a hopefully a transitional type apparatus to get them to something better right now they're like moving pylons at the skate park and i try to be respectful because at least they're not sitting on the couch at home doing nothing they're they're out doing something and oftentimes they have their parents with them and i have seen so many times kids are out either wanting to learn how to skateboard 
or or scooter or bike or whatever, and their parents are picking up the same things. You know, many just uh, about a month ago, I was out in Ann Arbor, and and a gentleman came up and he's like, "Hey, aren't you you know Gerald?" And I'm like, "Yeah, what's up, man?" And and he had met me a, a couple years before, but he wasn't a skateboarder. I met him in a different environment, and he decided to go out and buy protective gear. Pick up a skateboard because his, I'm going to venture to guess, his young son may have been seven or eight years old, decided he wanted to ride a skateboard. So he thought, hey, I'll give it a shot. I'll learn how to do it with him. And and I thought that was rad. So it's cool to see these parks going up everywhere. Right now we're getting snow. It's cold weather, so we have to skate indoors. The only game in town here in the Metro Detroit area is Modern Skate and Surf. You can check out their shop online. Check out what George has been doing. He's been doing it 40 years. And we have a world-class facility here just about half hour north of the uh, Detroit city proper. And we're lucky to have it. We're lucky to have somebody like George who has made it through all the ebbs and flows of skateboarding for the last four decades and is still here. Because there isn't that many. There isn't that many still here. Many of the parks have closed down. And uh, I think we have Modern here in Detroit. And we have the K-Zoo Skate Zoo on the west side of the state. Bill Ferguson, an, an amazing ambassador for skateboarding. I mean, across the world, Ferg is known. And he has been able to keep his facility open for, I think, close to 30, 35 years uh, uh uh, skate Zoo has been open. So we're lucky to have at least those two places. I don't even know of any other indoor places in the state of Michigan. And so, <coughs> excuse me, fortunate for that. Hopefully we can hook up with Russ. I don't see anything on the screen yet, so I'm going to continue talking. You know, this whole state of the world, you know, um, with with the lockdowns and, and uh, just everything that has come with uh, really, the new year, 2020, pretty much the whole year. When did it start? Like March? March is when uh, the the shutdown started. And it has changed the way, hopefully, everybody looks at life. And uh, for me, it's it, it didn't change my schedule that much. But I see what it's doing to people who have to stay at home. They're working from home. So now they're sitting at home for 8 to 10 hours a day and they're working there. They don't get to get out, uh, socialize with their friends. It is wreaking havoc on the mental health of so many people. I talk often about addiction and recovery on this show, which if we can get Russ hooked up from Washington State, uh, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about the brotherhood recovery, about his story and what he's been through. But this current state of our world has wreaked havoc on so many. The relapse rate for addiction uh, is, I think the last time I looked at it, it was 40, 42% or 32%. I don't know exact the exact numbers. Suicide rates are up. And I'm trying to come up with something, something that can be done to help people get involved, get Active, get a new hobby, something to mentally get them uh, outside of this. Blah, you know, uh, when I broke my leg two years ago, I'm a recovered alcoholic. I talk about it very openly. When I broke my leg two years ago, one of the things that was in my head was I have to be careful because I'm going to be out of commission for a couple, three, four, whatever doctor tells me, two, three, four months. Um, I have money in the bank. I have a house. I'm going to be sitting around a lot. Bad things could happen. 
bad things could happen there because I, I, I could really uh, maybe go off the rails, and that would be bad. That would be bad. So I, I made a conscious choice to stay mentally busy, to work on my clothing brand, Purple Heart, to, at that time, I started working with the Tony Hawk Foundation with uh, some of the skate park stuff here in southeastern Michigan. I knew I had to stay mentally busy. I had to stay physically busy, either drawing or, or getting out on my little knee scooter, doing things. I knew I couldn't just sit still or I would get in trouble. But that's because I had already seen hell. I know what happens when I'm sitting around with nothing to keep my focus. I can end up uh, in a bad place. And so uh, I did that. And right now there are people that are dealing with that who, who aren't even sure why or, or, or how to deal with it uh, because a, a lot has been taken away. And so uh, I'm, I'm working on some things to try to keep people mentally, spiritually, physically busy because being cooped up, no, uh, not being able to go out and socialize with your friends, not being able, to, being able to see your family, I think we're not uh, is wreaking havoc and we're not going to see ultimately the results uh, for, for maybe decades of what, what is happening. That's not going to school thing, uh, not only from an educational perspective, but from that the perspective of especially the high school kids. I mean, uh, junior high and high school were huge as far as my social skill evolution or lack of, but they were huge. And right now, those 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th graders who aren't getting that, they're losing something. Something is being lost. And I don't think we'll know exactly what that is for, for quite a time. And I understand. I understand it's a dangerous and scary time in the world right now. There are so many unknowns. I was just having a conversation with my buddy Buzz. And, you know, he's in his 70s. And, and we are talking about that. The scary thing are the unknowns. Nobody really knows what next week's going to look like, what next month is going to look like. If you're a business owner, you're not sure if you're going to be able to be able to open up, lock down. I have friends who, I mean, some of the most legendary yoga studios in the southeastern Michigan area have shut down. My very good friend Ernie, he was a co-owner of Detroit Hot Yoga. Huge, beautiful place in, in a nice downtown, vibrant area. Shut down. Like, man, I never, I, I can't even imagine. You know, he went back to doing concrete work. That sucks. He loves teaching yoga. He put a lot of time and effort into teaching yoga. Him and his partner put a ton of effort into building that business. Closed. I have a, uh, very good friends. Um, actually, one of them was on the show here, uh, Leah Stefanski, uh, maybe episode 10. And her and Jeremy built the Biddle Hall, a, a banquet hall in downtown Wyandotte, Michigan, uh, into one of the most amazing, beautiful places to have an event at. They did this in a very short period of time, really uh, brought back, revitalized it, and made it a staple of downtown Wyandotte. In this lockdown, they are working as hard as they can. They're doing carryouts out the back door. They are uh, just working as hard as they can to make ends meet to get it through get through this but it's not easy we're seeing it all over the place and so many people are thinking outside the box right now and that's what I encourage you to do 
You know, if you're used to doing things a certain way and you're bummed out they're not that way now, look at it as an opportunity to maybe in, investigate some different avenues. That That's something maybe that you've thought of for years and you never quite had the time to look into it. If it's writing a book, if it's starting a blog, if it's learning how to knit, uh, whatever it is, take the time right now, if you have it, to maybe learn that. I had a gentleman on the show, Eric Tremonti, and he had uh, been a host of a TV show, co-host of a TV show called Under the Radar here in Michigan. Ten years on NPR, Detroit Public TV. I mean, a successful TV show. And when the COVID stuff hit, a lot of sponsorship dollars got pulled. It got pulled back. The show had to be streamlined. And he had to really make some decisions. He loves gardening. He is a master gardener. So decide to, you know, pursue that career. Start a landscape business a, a, at first. You can go back and listen to the show, and he will tell you exactly how it happened. Spent some, He's like, I, I dropped 20 bucks and bought magnets for my truck. That started the business. And next thing you know, he's sort of like wanted to be a consultant. Walk around somebody's property and say, you know, well, this could work here and this could work here and it's not going to work here. And the soil maybe won't help this flourish. So you might want to plant this and that and say, I can charge a fee for my knowledge and lay it out for somebody. Well, that turned into I can lay it out, but I can also do it. And dude was busy as all get out all summer long. And now he's at that point. I'm going to have him back here in the NRM studios in the future to see what decision he made. Because we talked about you, you, you build a business. You build a business. And there's a certain point where either you back up a little bit, like you reel it in because you want it, you're, you're content with staying the same size. Or you decide if you want to invest more and grow. And he was about at that point. He was like, I don't know if I want to buy, you know, more trucks and more equipment and, and invest into it or I want to give it another year. I'm not really sure. So we'll have to have Eric back on the show down the road and see what decision he made. But the point I want you to get is that he thought outside the box. He's like, I'm passionate about gardening. Let's see what I can do with this. And as far as uh, the show went, my man was crushing it when it came Two, helping people figure out what's going to make their property look the best it possibly can. So that's what I want to encourage you guys to do. And if you want some ideas, drop me a line. You can drop me a line through uh, Gerald Valley on Facebook, Gerald Valley on Instagram, the drop-in on Facebook. You can email me at lifemav at gmail.com. Uh, drop me a line. Maybe I'll give you some ideas uh, because uh, we have to stay busy. We have to think differently because the, the landscape is different now. COVID has uh, changed things for everybody on the planet, from wearing a mask to the way we operate to how many people we can see. Uh, it, it changed everything. And who knows what it's going to go back to if it goes back at all. Who knows what, what's to come? But all we have is this moment. All we have is right now. And, and that's another thing I'd like to encourage everybody to try to reel it in and live a b little bit more in the moment because fear of the unknown and, and fear alone can drive you freaking bananas. And if you, can, if you can live in the moment, some of that fear gets taken away. We can do the best we can right now, right this minute because I'm not guaranteed five minutes. 
and I can't change what happened yesterday. I have right now. I mean, uh, to, to be totally honest with you, I have a full outline here for the Russell show. And I, I really didn't. A lot of times I'll have an alternate outline here in case the, something happens with the guest. Right now, I'm just going with it. I'm going with it. And you might be able to tell, but I, I have time to fill. You guys tuned in. I don't take your time lightly. You're here watching the drop in. I got to give you something, something to think about, something to take away from the show this week that can help you be the best version you possibly can. And so that's what I'm doing here. That's what I'm doing. So thank you guys very much for tuning in to this first segment. We're going to see what's going on with Russ uh, on our little break here and uh, try to get him in. If I cannot get him, for this week, he will be coming in a future show because his story will knock your socks off. The things he's doing with the Brotherhood Recovery are, are so cool. I like that it's, it's bigger than just recovery. It's bigger than just sobriety. He's helping homeless people. He's doing backpack drives. He's got a clothing line for the Brotherhood that I really dig. This hat here came from Russ. And so check out the Brotherhood Recovery on Instagram, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. Russell Lajness, you spell his name R-U-S-S-E-L-L-L-A-J-U-E-N-E-S-S. Check him out on Facebook. Drop him a line, and hopefully we can get him back for segment two. But between now and then, go check that stuff out, and uh, let's continue working. I'm helping you get to be the best version of yourself you possibly can. My name is Gerald Valley, and this is The Drop-In.